Welcome to your favorite podcast, Cosmic Queen. Get ready to discover soulful selling and marketing strategies. Learn how to stop overthinking everything by reprogramming your subconscious mind. And finally, level up your business, your income, and your success. Yes, girl, it is all happening right now, so grab your earbuds, light up your manifestation candle. It is time to hack the quantum field, create success that defies logic, and let out your inner alpha. Let's go ahead and get started. So recently, this very popular content creator and coach had a post that was basically, if you're just starting out in your coaching journey, you are probably not as good of a coach as you think that you are. And I was actually thinking about that because I was like, yeah, it's kind of true. In the last two years of coaching, I feel like I've become such a better coach. And even though I think that I was a good coach at the beginning and I had a ton of business experience and stuff that I brought to the table, I still feel like I'm a a much better coach now. And I speak to a lot of women in my programs and clients who say, I'm just such a good coach. I just want to go out there and coach people. I just want to be able to do this. I know that I can change so many lives. So maybe it's a little bit frustrating to hear that, right? If you are at the early stages because your imposter syndrome is like record high. And honestly, the last thing that you need to be told is you're actually not as good as you think that you are because your subconscious mind is already telling you that every single day. But the truth is the more women you work with or men or whatever, the more you do, the more you learn, you learn about yourself, you learn about other people. You learn about what makes you an amazing coach and what makes you stand out. And I think that there's a lot of people who are hesitant to quote unquote practice, right? Because we're told, you know, charge your worth, don't settle, et cetera, et cetera. And the truth is at the beginning, I think it's smart to do some settling, right? I think it's smart to do whatever it takes to get the experience that you need. And I think that that's one of the things that helped my coaching business grow so fast is that I just came out of the gate and I was so eager to work with people in any kind of capacity. And so I started getting really, really clear on what I enjoyed, how I helped people. I started really building up a portfolio of client results, which helped me get more clients because people saw that I knew what I was doing and that I was getting people the results that they wanted and they could see themselves in that. So it really, really, really does help. But today I want to focus on five things that I personally have learned over the last two years of coaching. And in two years, it's funny, right? Because two years is nothing. I have friends and clients that have been coaching for a decade that have been coaching for eight years, seven years, whatever. And at the same time, two years is enough time for me to A, have an established business and B, be having, you know, kind of like my finger to the pulse of like what's still trendy. There is a benefit, even when you feel like you're entering a market that's totally saturated, there's a benefit to being new because you know how to do things in the new way, right? So coaches that are just starting out now, maybe you don't have the experience, but you also have something that older coaches don't that I don't have, right? Which is that you are coming in with no expectations, you're coming in and you know what is the trend, the coaching trends. You can create programs that speak to those trends. You can grow your business faster sometimes than somebody who is more set in their ways can. And it's also why I really enjoy working with people that are pivoting or that are new because of that. 
because there are so many benefits to being in that stage. So whether you are an experienced coach or a new coach, I hope that you will gain at least something from these five things that I'm going to share with you guys. In Launch Queen, I had someone that requested this episode. So hello, Brittany, because we're going to be talking about, you know, the little tweaks that you can do to have better client results and to enjoy yourself more as a coach. So starting off, the first thing that I learned in my time of coaching is that everything is subconscious, everything. And I used to think that it was just the resistance, right? That the resistance was subconscious. But what I've learned is that actually the desires are subconscious too. People really know what it is that they want. And when you give them space, people tend to gravitate towards the thing that they want. So at the beginning, make sure when you start out, I always start off every package with a clarity, kind of mapping, visioning sort of thing where clients tell me what it is that they want out of our time together, where it is that they want to be in six weeks, three months. And then I detach from that because I can see sometimes that what they're telling me is not actually where they want to go. But in those cases, you can't tell someone that it's not going to do any good. They have to reach their own conclusion, which we'll get to also. So keeping in mind what people want is subconscious So the more subconscious tools you can have in your tool belt outside of the ones that help you release resistance, the more that you can get comfortable with tools that allow your clients to access what they desire at deeper levels. So meditation, anything where they're setting aside that conscious mind and really just allowing themselves to see and to feel what it is that they want versus telling you the better the results that they're going to have are going to be. And then of course, resistance, right? Resistance is all subconscious. There is something that is going on subconsciously that is keeping people from taking action all the time. And people are going to project. People project onto the biggest thing is money. And people say, well, if I had more money then I would be doing this, if I had the money, I would be doing that. And the truth is that it's not about money at all, that there's some resistance going on somewhere, some reason why they're resisting the change something that they benefit from in staying in place and staying where they are, something that they gain. And it's really, really hard to guide clients to that breakthrough. And this is why we benefit most when we're working with people who are open, who are self-aware and who are open to being even more self-aware, even when it doesn't feel good. Because we do always gain something. Either we get to sit and complain or we get to stay angry at our partner, or we get to stay angry at our parents, or we get to feel like we're special because nothing works for us or whatever. There's always something that we benefit from there. So guiding your clients to have that breakthrough on their own is what's ultimately going to change their lives in a really, really radical kind of way. It's not about changing the outside. It's about changing the inside and changing your perspective, and changing your comfort zone. And that's an inside out kind of job. So now the second thing that I've learned, so related to everything that I was just talking about when we talked about everything being subconscious, is the power of detachment, the power of detaching from your client results. And here's why. I think that the mistake that most coaches make is that they do that first session where their client tells them what they want, and then they become so attached to what their client has told them. They become so attached to making that dream happen, to getting their client those results, to getting their client the change that they want, 
to fixing everything. And it doesn't benefit us because what we actually need to do is at that point, give our clients the space to grow. And when we are attaching to their results, when we are trying to fix things, when we're trying to give them quote unquote, what it is that they came for, we're not giving them the gift of growth to the fullest potential that they can be growing. That comes from space. Because what's going to happen when you do that with your clients and you give them the space to grow is that they're going to surprise you in the most amazing ways. Otherwise, it's almost like they're this flower and we're trying to tower over them and blocking their sunlight. And so they can't grow. And maybe the flower is perfectly happy, right? Maybe the flower doesn't know how great things can be. And so the client says, well, I got everything that I came for. So thank you so much. You helped me do X, Y, Z. And I'm so happy and I'm so grateful. Amazing. But when you give your client a little bit of space and allow them to reach the subconscious breakthroughs that they need to reach on their own of what it is that they truly want, of what it is that is truly going to make them happy. And we let go of our own ego and our own beliefs that we know what is best for another person. Because I think so many of us, especially when you are intuitive and you can see that what the person's telling you is not totally what they want, or you can see that they should really, really be doing this other thing or that, wow, all the pieces of their experience come together so perfectly for them to do this thing. We want to guide our client to that breakthrough because we want to make things easier for them. We want to fix things. But in my experience, what I found is that even when I can see so clearly that this person should be doing this thing, right? That, oh my gosh, they're so good at this. They should just be doing this. When I tell them, it doesn't benefit them because my vision of what that looks like is so dramatically different than theirs. So it's about offering our opinion and then really just giving them the spaciousness to reach their own conclusions about it. You can offer your opinion. You can say, well, what I always say is, if this was me, here's what I would do. But what what do you want to do? Because you're not me. Here's what I see. But what do you think? How does that feel for you? And guiding them back to their intuition. Because I see so many people, especially people who kind of think of themselves more as mentors, where they're like, well, I'm here to illuminate the path and here's the path. But we're not there to tell our clients what their path is. We're there to illuminate where they are so that they can go whichever way they want to go. There's so many ways for them to get where it is that they want to go. And you want to make sure that they're walking the path that's right for them. And it can be uncomfortable when it feels like the clients may be making a mistake or going in the wrong direction or pushing to make something work that doesn't really work for them. But what they're going to gain, the lessons that they're going to gain from that growth are so big and so powerful. And it's almost like parenting. I can make my kids do what I think is best for them and help them create the life that I think will be best and easiest for them. And this is what so many parents do. And it could be totally and completely wrong for them. So the same way that I parent is the same way that I coach and I give my clients space. When they want help, I maintain open lines of communication. So Voxer support, really, really encouraging people. You know, if you need something, I'm there, but encouraging them to be self-led to recognize when they need help and how to ask for it instead of constantly just being in their space and asking them, how's this going? Let me fix this. Let me help you with this and coddling them because it's not really helpful. So I think a lot of coaches, it's hard to do. It's hard to detach because our ego is on the line too, because we don't want people to be disappointed with us. 
we want to give our 110%. But what I find is that when we're coming from that place of truly dropping our ego, letting our clients guide themselves to what's best for them, that's when we really and truly do give our 110% because you're going to expand yourself too. It's very easy to tell somebody what they should do. And it's really, really, really hard to guide them to their own breakthrough of what they should do, which is my next point that a good coach tells people what they need to hear. And a great coach allows them to see it for themselves. So that's my third tip. And the third thing that I've learned in this time coaching, I heard a lot of people say, I'll always tell people what it is that they need to hear. I always tell people what they should be doing. I can see so clearly what people should do. Oh, I delivered one really popular one. I delivered a million dollar business blueprint to my client. Great. But did you guide your client to how they could create a million dollar business for themselves? Because anybody can sit and give instructions. That is a good coach. But it really takes someone special to be able to guide somebody to the breakthroughs that they need to be having. Coaching is not about telling people what to do at all. Coaching is about helping them see what it is that they need to do for themselves and then getting them to actually do it. Which brings me to point four, which is that a perfect plan is useless without action. And that was one of the earliest things that I learned. It's so funny because when I was starting out, There was so much emphasis on perfect plans. We'll spend six weeks together creating the perfect plan for your business. We'll spend 12 weeks together. And people can get so lost in that space of planning. So coaching sessions are great for planning. And I'll tell you why. Because planning helps people understand how the pieces fit together. Planning is not about the plan. And I had a great client, Joe, who was a project manager. And she told me that. She said, planning is not about the plan Planning is about the understanding that you gain from planning, from seeing how the parts come together, from seeing how they might work. Because what happens is that when you understand why the plan would work, when you understand how the parts come together, then you can let your intuition fly and you can make decisions spontaneously. You can pivot when things aren't working because you understand things. So coaching is not about a perfect plan. It's not about helping somebody create a perfect plan. It's about helping them take action. So the best coaches are the ones that are going to help you take action on the plans that you create together, but also on your own, because you shouldn't have to depend on a coach in order to take action. The best client coach relationships are the ones where you come together, you brainstorm, you decide what to do, and then you're free to move the needle even even further than your coach could imagine. It's about accountability, yes, but it's also about expansion. So I love it when my clients, you know, will plan something out together and then they execute it and then they execute more and then they blow their minds and they blow my mind. So when it comes to that, it's really about understanding two things. Number one, lack of clarity is subconscious resistance. Lack of clarity is a client not wanting to deal with something head on. Lack of clarity is fear manifesting itself as confusion. So the perfect plan is never going to fix that. The perfect plan is just going to make people more confused because what they're going to learn is that any plan could hypothetically work. And this is why people get stuck in indecision because yeah, that plan could work and so could the other plan and so could the other one. They could all work. It's about going out there and actually testing what's going on. 
So when it comes to action, the same thing is true. A lack of action is subconscious resistance. A lack of action is fear. And most of the time, it's fear of change. It's quote unquote fear of failure. But actually, fear of failure is really less scary than people think. Because if you fail, you end up in the same exact place. But sunken costs lead people to think that, well, I, I, I'm going to spend money. I'm going to spend time. So what lack of action actually is, is less fear of failure and more lack and more scarcity mentality. It's about thinking that there's a limited amount of resources, that there's a limited amount of chances, that there's a perfect time, that there are perfect circumstances. And all of this perfectionist thinking is really just lack and scarcity wrapped up in one big projection. It's the idea that you can possibly do things wrong, that there's a way to do things perfectly, that there's only one way, that there's only... And it's so deeply ingrained in us because if you really think about even test taking, there was a a one way to get a perfect answer and then the rest were, you know, so many ways to fail. And that's not true in real life. In real life, there are at least as many ways to succeed as there are to fail, quote unquote fail. And the truth is that there's only one way to fail, which is not doing the thing. And that there are so many ways to succeed because every single action that you take gets you closer to where it is that you want to go. So when you see clients that are resisting taking action, it's a subconscious perfectionism thing. And so much of perfectionism is rooted in our childhoods, which is when our subconscious mind forms. This idea that there's a perfect way to do things, that there's some benefit to doing things perfectly. Just the childhood, honestly, like I was saying, even the test taking, right? Just this idea that there even is a such thing as perfectionism or being perfect or whatever, is something that most adults know is not true, but that is so deeply ingrained in us as children that we don't know otherwise. Why? Because our worlds are so small then. So if our parents tell us, oh, you did everything perfectly, then that equals 100% we did things perfectly. Now you realize if our parents think that we did things perfectly, that is one opinion of one person and it does not dictate anything. Your parents can think that you're the most perfect person and that will not translate in the real world. And same thing for tests. You could get 100%. doesn't mean anything. Now, as adults, there is no such thing as 100%. Anything that you do, you will not get graded on. You will not have 100%. So wouldn't it be so nice? But it doesn't exist. But we're still stuck in that childhood programming that tells us that it does. So you need to do something to break that subconscious belief, to get your clients to see that, to see that life as an adult is different than what we perceived it to be when we were children. And now for my final one, number five for anybody that's following along. This was a big one for me. This was something that really, really, really took me a long time to be okay with as a coach. And it's related to number two, which has to do with space and detachment and everything. This one's a little bit messier. For me, it was the idea that change is great. Change is always amazing for your client, no matter what, when we are coaching. And now here's the thing that that sounds amazing, that you think, oh, great, my client's just going to move forward and change and they're going to be so happy. But change is messy AF. Change is super, super, super messy. And sometimes it feels like, oh my God, what am I doing? I am ruining this client's life, especially when you start helping them unpack everything. 
Because what's going on before then is that they are unhappy, but everything is really, really, really neatly filed away into this box that they just do not open and do not look at. So their business is failing, but it looks neat. It looks neat to them because it's all that they know. And once you start getting people to change, things start feeling messy. So their message changes, their engagement goes down, they change, they start fighting more with their partner because now suddenly all the things that they kept buried are coming to light and they can't keep running away from them. Sometimes their business will slow down before it speeds up. Sometimes their money will slow down before it speeds up. Their lives will slow down before it speeds up. And it's a really, really uncomfortable space to hold as a coach. So when you have clients that are changing, that are evolving, which is what we all want for our clients, it can feel really, really tricky and it can feel really, really uncomfortable. So this was actually one of my latest breakthroughs. I think I kind of realized that this year, I would just be so nervous to take on clients that were doing really, really well, because I was like, well, what if, what if they change? What if they decide that this business that is working so well for them, quote unquote, is actually not, and they don't want to do it anymore and they quit and they want to do something different and it's all going to be on me and it's all going to be my fault. And what I realized is that those were the best situations, that those moments when the person realized that what they were doing is actually not what they wanted to be doing and they're going to change, even though sometimes it feels like they're just like lighting a match to everything, it feels amazing for them because freedom is on the other side of that change. When you're resisting something, when you're staying in the same place and that place is not happy, that freedom is on the other side of you taking the initiative to change it. Even when it feels messy, even when it feels chaotic is on the other side of that is the freedom. Now with this in mind, that's why it's so important to have an understanding of the subconscious mind, to have an understanding of why your clients are A, resisting change, but even more importantly, B, what their self-sabotage pattern is. Because change can also be a self-sabotage pattern. Chaos can be self-sabotage. All of these things, changing direction, lack of commitment, all of these things that can be masked as change and be amazing can actually be patterns of self-sabotage too. So it's really having a deeper understanding of what's going on subconsciously, having a deeper intuitive understanding of your client. And like I said, that fourth thing where you can really help them instead of telling them, Hey, you're self-sabotaging. If that's what's necessary, perfect. But helping your clients see the way that they are self-sabotaging themselves and also see why they're doing it and what they need to be doing differently. And that is when you shift into really, really, really becoming an amazing coach. So whatever kind of coach you are, whatever kind of thing it is that you do, it's always going to feel like people are hiring you to give them the answers, that that's what people need from you. So it's about remembering and reminding yourself that that's actually not it at all that people are hiring you to hold that space for them, to hold up a mirror for them to be able to see themselves and for them to have the shifts that they need in order to grow. If you loved this episode, I guarantee you are going to love hanging out with me. So come over to my Facebook group, ready for more, change your thoughts, transform your life, and let's keep this party going. 